Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I flesh out a question a parent asked me in a Facebook comment. She's looking for ways to address her daughter's continually unsafe behavior without putting her in a timeout. Okay, this is how this parent describes her situation. This was a little back and forth that we had on Facebook. Hi, Janet. I've been searching for a particular answer in your articles, but I'm struggling to find it. I'm a first-time mom to an 18-month-old daughter and curious as to what the alternative to time out should be after a child is continually doing something unsafe, hurting another child, etc., in times when a natural consequence isn't always evident. Thank you. So then I replied, also on Facebook, Hi, I would kindly remove her from the situation, but keep her with you rather than sending her away. Can you share specifics? And then the parent responded, Thank you so much for your help. One situation recently was during a play date with another little girl her age at our house. She gets very possessive with her toys, was swatting at the little girl when she'd get near her toys, nothing in particular, or when her friend would sit in her chair. She would grab her shirt and literally try to drag her off. We'd say, I won't let you hit and redirect, but it kept happening. What do we do in that situation? Okay, first of all, the reason I replied the way I did the first time is that we have to imagine what it feels like to be a tiny little child, or maybe we're even an older child, and our parent says, okay, go over there, time out. We get sent off to time out. What do you think would go through your mind there? Children this age, they're very much in the moment. And studies show that this is a very stressful situation for young children. So they're feeling the stress of the rejection of the parent with the message, you did something bad and I'm mad at you right now. I don't like what you did and you need to go have a punishment. So that's really all the child knows when we use that kind of strategy. The child is not really learning how to behave differently, and they're not getting the most important message of all, which is that reassurance, my parents are on my team and they're always going to be on my side to help and guide me. And when my behavior crosses the line of appropriateness, they're going to be there to help rein me in. Those are the kinds of things that ideally we want our children to learn in these situations because it's through the comfort they feel in our relationship that they have less and less need to behave in these kinds of ways. Most of these behaviors come out of a sense of discomfort or lack of safety or stress. So we want to, as much as possible, try to keep the bigger picture in mind. The overriding messages that we're giving our children that we want to give them in situations like this is, I'm on your team, I'm here to help, not to punish. This is also why punishments don't work, in my opinion, because they have a distancing effect. If a child is being overwhelmingly unsafe and we're not able to help intervene in that moment with the behavior, maybe the child is just going off right and left, then yes, we may have to remove our child from the situation, depending on where it is, and allow them to melt down safely with us because they've gone to that place of no return. They've gone. Even when they have more subtle behavior, it's as if they've sort of stepped out of themselves. Their brain is not really working anymore. Their emotions have taken over. Their impulses have taken over. So when that happens, 
it's kind and loving to take our child somewhere a little more private where they can completely unravel without the world seeing. If we're at a park or in the market, if we can help get them to the car. This might mean that we're picking up a child who's kicking and screaming, or maybe it's minor, but rather than making an embarrassing scene for our child where we come in and call attention to what they're doing, we bring them to us to sit with us for a little breather. These are connected, loving responses, and children feel the difference. Magda Gerber and others call this time in. I'm taking you aside because you're showing me you're beyond reason and you're unsafe or inappropriate. I'm here to help you. I'm here to keep you safe. So then I was able to ask this parent for specifics and her situation actually, well, the specifics she shared with me, they don't require a big taking our child out of the situation. These are just minor behaviors that actually make a lot of sense. And most children this age have these feelings of possessiveness in their own house especially, possessiveness of their stuff. One good way to help prevent this kind of behavior and help your child feel more autonomous in this situation, when they might be feeling, yikes, I don't have any control, and somebody's touching my stuff, and they're in my chair. It's an overwhelming feeling of losing control, and children this age in these toddler years, they don't have control over that much. Their bodies are changing, their emotions are shifting, they feel this push-pull of, becoming a little more independent while still desperately needing their parents. It's a very intense time. That's why we write so much about it and talk so much about it, the toddler years. So now they have this stuff and now somebody's touching their stuff and it can put them over the edge. It's more symbolic than that they're really so upset about that particular item. Tapping into these issues of control. What do they control? What can they hold on to? And then it's especially difficult if they're not at their best for other reasons, like maybe they're hungry, maybe they're tired, maybe they've had a stimulating situation happen, even a positive one where it was a lot of fun, but they're kind of recentering after that. It, it takes a lot of energy for them to do that. Or maybe there's a new baby in the family. That's a common one that I bring up a lot here. So to help the child come into these situations of a friend visiting with the best possible setup, I would let the child know the plan ahead of time so that we're already establishing, we're a team, you're a part of this. Your friend so-and-so is coming over to play today and will probably want to use some of your stuff. Is there anything here that you feel comfortable that we could put out for both of you? That can help a lot. Now, will that prevent our child from getting possessive? We can't count on that at all because it is very developmentally appropriate behavior. But this at least would give a better possibility for that because we're giving our child a sense of control of the situation, a sense of autonomy. But then if she does show this kind of behavior, intervene minimally while interpreting for the children, helping them to understand what's going on and helping your child know that her desires, you're not judging those, there's nothing wrong with those, because we really all need our desires and feelings acknowledged. But children this age, they especially do, because these are parts of ourselves we don't control, any of us. We don't control it. It's just part of us. So if we say or imply, what's the matter with you? What's wrong with you for doing that behavior? What's wrong with you for wanting to have all the toys that that other child is here to share with you? You shouldn't want that. What's the matter with you? We probably wouldn't say those things, but if a child is is feeling judged like that 
and feeling our lack of acceptance, it's going to create less pleasant behavior all the way around because, you know, whenever we're not happy with ourselves, we're not going to be at our best with people. It's as if, let's say, a car cuts us off on the freeway. We get furious, and maybe in that moment we want to even hurt that person. But we're mature, so we have self-regulation, and so we don't follow through with these desires and feelings. But we're not bad for having the feelings. There's nothing wrong with having that feeling. We're just old enough and mature enough to know not to act on it. Well, for children, they need to know that we accept them having their feelings and having those desires. So the way that would look in this situation, Megan said that her daughter was swatting at the little girl when she'd get near her toys. So if I saw that happening once with my child, or I saw it starting to happen even, I would come close, not running in frantically, but walking in, striding over. I would come close and I'd be ready so that can't happen again. I would just put my hand there. So let's say we miss it the first time and that other girl or boy reacts. Then I would say, oh, oops, that's not safe. I see you didn't like that. Are you okay? To that child. And then to my child, oh, looks like you didn't want her using that. And your hand is there the whole time so she could not hit or hurt. It looks like you don't want her using that. If that makes you feel like hitting, I'm not going to let you hit. You're there. You're there helping her understand what's going on so she can learn from the situation. And again, learn the most important lesson, which is my parents are on my side. They're here to help me when I cross lines. And if this continues, you could even say, Mm, you're really having a hard time with her touching your stuff. That's really, really hard for you. And that alone might be enough for our child to feel better in the situation because they're thinking, okay, they get where I'm coming from. They understand what I'm feeling. Oftentimes that's enough for the behavior to stop. Not always, but often. So if it continues, you really don't like that. That makes you want to hit. I'm here. I'm here to stop you. And then maybe to the other girl, yeah, you want those, and it looks like Josie's having a hard time. So your hand is there, you're ready to stop any actions that cross the line, but all the feelings are okay with us. So then the other example she gave was when her friend would sit in her chair, she would grab her shirt. Right, so we're not going to let her grab her shirt because that's harmful, hurtful behavior. So we acknowledge, and your hand is there so she can't grab the shirt. Maybe she gets one in before you're close enough. So you come over, oh, I saw you want to grab her shirt. You really don't want her there. To the other child, looks like, yeah, she's trying to pull in your shirt. I'm not going to let her do that. And then back to my child, you don't want her on that chair at all, do you? I'm still there with my hand there, as comfortable as I can be, letting them know that I've got this for them, that I'm keeping them safe. They don't have to worry not blaming anybody. It's a very comfortable, low-key, accepting response while we prevent the behaviors. And that's how children can learn to communicate in more appropriate ways. It shows your child, I've got your back. I'm not going to let you do stuff like that. But I'm not going to get mad at you and send you away just because you made a mistake, you know, or because your impulse gets the better of you. There's more positive things a child can learn in these moments if we can stay emotionally regulated. So it's really about the way we perceive our children and their behavior. If we see it as, what's the matter with this girl? She's really acting terribly. And, you know, she needs to be told how bad this is. Then we're going to punish or we're going to maybe yell or we're going to express anger and annoyance. 
there's nothing wrong with feeling those things as a parent, but it's not going to teach the lessons that we want to teach, ideally. So every time we can calm ourselves enough to teach the lessons, we're helping our child take a step forward and also fueling our connection, fueling our relationship. One of the analogies I've used is sleepwalking. So since he was little, my son sleepwalks. He also sits up in the middle of the night and he will start talking and just saying funny words. It's really funny. And if I'm if I'm there and I hear something, I always try to write it down because he really says the most hilarious things. But there was this one time, clearly I remember that he was walking down the hall and this is the second floor of our house and there's this steep set of stairs. We didn't have a gate over these stairs anymore because at this point he was like eight years old. And he comes walking down the hall way after he'd gone to bed. And I was confused and I said something to him and he mumbled, I need TV or some bizarre thing. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this guy is sleepwalking and he could be falling down the stairs. So I had to stop him and I had to turn him around and say, okay, yeah, you're going back to your room. And he starts saying, no, no, no. And he started punching me and wrestling me. And I'm just trying to contain him there. But I'm not going to get angry at him for that behavior because he's sleepwalking. I'm just going to help keep him safe and get him back to bed. It's not that young children are sleepwalking, literally, but their behavior is unconscious, just like a sleepwalker. Their behavior is not coming from a reasonable place. It's just coming out of them. They know they shouldn't do it, but they don't know why they're doing it. So being able to see that sleepwalking child that just needs some help and containment not an overreaction. That will help us. So this mother on Facebook was saying, we'd say, I won't let you hit and redirect, but it kept happening. And it sounds like what's missing here is a physical prevention of that happening. And with children this young, it really doesn't take that much for us to stop them. So I would do the smallest thing possible. Just have your hand there, see those hands coming out to grab, you know, and Block that hand, grab that hand if you need to. Show your child that you can keep them safe as easily and calmly as possible because you see this as normal stuff. It's not throwing you off. It's not worrying you that your child's going in this terrible direction. It is all very normal, typical behavior. So those would be my alternatives to time out in those situations. And I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And please check out some of my other podcasts. They're on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and more. And again, both of my books are available at audible.com, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. They're also in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Apple.com. Thanks so much again. We can do this.